We are Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. Good morning, everybody. It's a wonderful privilege to be here. Again, sorry Michelle couldn't be here. She hasn't been well, but she's on the mend. And uh, I want to just commend Steve because I see he's still dreaming for the future and dreaming about things that haven't come to pass yet concerning golf and stuff like that. But he's obviously have faith for that, and that's wonderful, Steve. Good guy. <laughs> I just also want to thank Steve and Debbie and the leadership for the privilege of being here, and uh, Matt and Sheetle, wherever they are, just for uh, yeah, the Philip Hotel. Thank you very much. You guys really bless me. So, and to the rest of the leaders, it's really thank you very, very much. It's a privilege to be here. Amen. It truly is. I'm excited for you as a church because of what's happening in the natural in terms of you finding your own space. And I don't think you're aware of what's going to come once you have your own space. It's going to be wonderful. It really is going to be wonderful. There's something about when you have your own space that you can carve out for yourself. Make it your own. Make it your own house, in a sense. And uh, it's going to be wonderful, it is. Amen. Yeah. How many of you were ministered to on Friday night? If you don't mind just raising your hand. I thank you, Lord. It's wonderful to see. You know what I find? The devil has been accuser from the beginning, and he continues to accuse and deceive. And every place that we have in our lives that we do not have hope, we believe the lie. Every place in our life that we do not have hope because hope is the anticipation of goodness coming, the anticipation of excitement about something that's coming. We believe the lie. And hope is the breeding ground for faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. That's why the enemy will try to lie to you and take away your hope in an area because hope is here, but faith is here. But we need to have it, yeah. Faith has been sure of what I hope for. So if we can take away our hope, then we don't extend our faith. or Our faith is not grown into an area where God wants to come and touch. So I encourage you, if you feel you're at a place in your life, in an area, it could be financially, it could be relationally, it could be whatever it is, it could be for family, extended family, whatever, and you feel like you've lost hope, I encourage you, say, God, what is the lie that I've believed so hope can come back? Amen. Because God wants us to move in faith. So I want to encourage you. I really want to encourage you with that this morning. Okay. And I felt that's what God did with a number of people on Friday night. That's why I asked. I feel like he restored hope in certain areas back in your life, particularly as he touched you and spoke to you and you felt measure of freedom begin to come. And I just want to encourage you, for those that were touched Friday night, that is a process of what God's doing. There's still more to come. Don't say, well, that's it. That's not, if you understand what I'm saying. He takes us from one degree of glory to the next. Then he prepares us for what's coming, and he undoes the lies and uh, the place the enemy has found in our mind or in our heart or our emotions, and he puts hope back in us. And he says, I am the Lord of all. I I am victorious. 
My salvation is sure in your life. Uh, I I have destroyed the enemy. And I will destroy him out of your life. And the hope and the the hopelessness that has come through circumstances and life that has come at you. Because life comes at us fast. Who knows that? Yeah, I know. Living in Chicago, boy, suffering catfish. I mean, it does come. But anyway. (laughs) No, that's not in the Bible. Those two words. But anyway. (laughs) But I just want to encourage you. And so this morning, what I want to do is I'm going to do something a little unusual in terms of I'm going to do a little teaching And I wasn't going to do this, but I felt yesterday just thinking about it. I want to talk, if you can turn with me to John chapter 1. I want to talk on the twofold purpose of why Jesus Christ came. The two main, there's a lot of reasons why he came. The Bible says he came for this purpose and this reason and this reason. But these are the two foundational keystones, cornerstones of our whole Christian walk. And I think many of you sitting here, you possibly are aware of it. So I'm trusting that as I share some of this, it will help equip you to help others. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So God would only not only touch us, but He would equip us so we can be an extension of His grace to others. An extension of His truth to others. So when people come and ask you a question, you can say, yes, I know that. I just heard about it. Let me tell you what it is. And then you see God move through your life. Hallelujah. Amen. And so that's what I want to do. I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about, and I didn't know they were going to put baptisms. A little bit, but I want to focus on one particular baptism. So if you go to John chapter 1, are you there? Hopefully we won't be too long on this. There's so much confusion around this particular area and subject. So we'll just go to John 1.29. It said, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I don't think John the Baptist understood all that he was saying, and I don't think he understood all the significance of what that actually meant. But there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he doesn't only take away the sin of the world. Folks, if we have a revelation of what happened at the cross, and that revelation's ongoing, (laughs) we can never be the same. He didn't only take away your sin. He destroyed the sin nature within you. The very cause of why you sin. That had to be dealt with. You with me? Amen. He didn't only do that. He destroyed the work of the evil one. He didn't only do that, he revealed the Father. And this glorious Father that we serve and love. But John says, look, he took away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing was water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. That's when Jesus got baptized by water. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. So the two cornerstones of the ministry of Jesus is, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and power. 
Unfortunately, in some circles, they just focus on one. But we need to be aware of two. To walk into all that God has for us, all that God has promised for you as a church, all that God wants you to come into, you cannot come into it without these two truths being foundational in your life and walking in the truth of it and the revelation of it. It's impossible. It won't happen. That's why this is the ministry, the core ministry of Jesus Christ. You with me? Amen. So, let me throw up a slide if I can. Sorry, the first one. So we understand a little bit well what I'm about to say. God with us. Thank you. All right, I didn't put that, but that's lovely. All right, okay. <laughs> See how people make things, you do something and they just make it look nice. They just make it look good, eh? All right, so the Holy Spirit comes. He convicts the sinner, the world. It was you and I before we got saved. And he baptizes us into the church. And I'll tell you the scripture that says that. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13 says, For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes, he convicts you of sin. Oh, I need a savior. Gee, I really need the grace of God. You get born again, and he baptizes you into the church. He says, come here. You're now a child of God. I want to put you with your family. Hallelujah. And please let me say to you, God will put you into a local church. One. Then he'll have you there for a season. And when God moves you, when God moves you, when God moves you, then you move to another local church. You with me? When you were born physically on this earth, you were put into one family. Hello? Because that's the place we grow and learn and cultivate and understand, etc., etc. And so he puts you in with family because he wants you to be with his family. Then the church recognizes what's happened they take the new believer and baptize him in water. That's what you're doing next week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the first part's taking place. All right. Then Jesus, who saved you in the first place, takes you as a new believer and says, Come here. All right. You're now part of the family of God. But now I want to help you to extend this family, so let me baptize you with power so you can go tell others about it. Amen. And we're going to focus on the bottom one a little bit. That's what we're going to do. So we understand it. And the reason why I want to give you this is because I feel into your future where you're going into the premises and the building and where God's brought you and where he's taken you what God did with you in this season of 15 years is not going to carry you into the next 15 years on just this. He wants to add more to you. It's like your car, you put oil in it, but if you never change the oil, it starts to get sluggish. It doesn't move as fast as it used to. The oil doesn't do the job it used to do anymore. It's still got oil in it, but it's just, uh, it's a little stale, it's a little thick, it's all grimy. Who knows what I'm talking about? 
So you've got to get an oil change. And I feel God say, I'm going to change your oil. I'm giving you fresh oil for the future. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm excited. I don't know about you, but anyway, I am. I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also, I want to be able to give to you a biblical assurance that you can trust God for this. That you can see it's in the Bible, so you can have an assurance and a heart conviction in you, this is for me. This is what the Father, it's the gift of the Father that He wants to lovingly give me. And when you have that assurance, you can keep asking Him for it. Because that's what the Bible says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says, you can know it's biblical, it's what the Lord said, and you can go after it, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Because if you're not sure, then you're not thinking, should I, or can I, what happens, didn't I get the Holy Spirit when I got saved? That's why I want to do this. So when you come into this new season, you can get fresh oil, fresh water, fresh wine, because you're going to need it. You're really going to need it. Amen. And then you can help others as well. So let's go to John chapter 20. Are you still with me? All right. If I lose you, please tell Steve. All right. He's a better teacher than I am, far better. I love sitting under his ministry. I mean that. I'm not just saying that. I really mean that. This man did a preach at one of the equips on church planting. It's the best I heard in my whole Christian walk. It was outstanding. Yeah. All right. I just want to say this. That reminds me. I want to commend you as a church, and I want to commend particularly Stephen Debbie publicly. It's not easy to receive people, that's easy, <laughs> and then plow into them, give your life to them, and hope, hold your hand like this, and then let them go. And they've done that again, and again, and again, and with some of their best. And I want to commend you for that, because there's not many people that can do that and do it well. They've done it exceedingly well. And you as a church have allowed that to happen. And I've told him, but I just want to say that publicly. So it's a gift, people. It's a gift. It's a gift. And when you let some of your best go that you built a relationship with and helped you build which where you've got, and when you release them, because it's God's plan to release them, it makes life a little more difficult at home for a season. Because you miss them. You miss them personally, but you miss the gifting, and you miss what they bring. But that's the right way. That's the kingdom way. Amen. But we only do it under the direction of God. All right, sorry, I don't know where that came from. All right, so let's go to John chapter 20. So John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, just to give you a context, Jesus had died. The disciples have no clue where he is. They, told, they came and said, the tomb, he's gone. They don't know what's happened to him. And so this is after his crucifixion. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. I think we would have been too. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive 
the Holy Spirit. He blew on them. What happened? That's when the disciples got born again. That's when the disciples got saved, if you want to put it in our language. They had walked with Jesus for three and a half years, but they had walked with him under the old covenant. And he had enabled them, just like God had enabled certain priests, kings, and prophets to do certain miraculous things. But he was teaching them and proclaiming the kingdom that was coming. He was teaching them and proclaiming what it's going to look like. And he demonstrated it while he walked on earth. Are you with me? It's very important to understand this. So he came and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit, and I'll show you what happened. It's the same word used when God created Adam and Eve, and he blew into Adam. He blew his very DNA and who he is into Adam. And yeah, he's blowing on his disciples, and he's saying, receive me within. And they got born again. Hallelujah. Amen. Because Christ had died now for their sins. So they get born again. So let's jump just to show you clearly. And what happens when you get born again? The Bible says you're a new creation. You're a new creation. The old is gone. It's gone, people. Your past is gone. What you did in the past is gone. It's forgiven. It's washed away. It's gone. It's done. Don't let your past hinder your future. Don't let your past hinder your present. It's done. God has cleansed you. Amen. That's when Romans chapter 8, Paul says, Neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither height above nor the depths below, neither the present or the future will ever separate you from the love of God. He does not use the word past there. Just says present or future. Because the past is dealt with. Please live with that understanding. Your past has been dealt with. But the devil keeps lying to us. You with me? It's dealt with people. You're a new creature. You're a new species. Okay, I've got a, I became a new species at 33 years old. Still in this wonderful body I have and this beautiful face. Now I'm teasing. Okay, <laughs> just trying to make it all light. Okay, okay, that's the gift of God. This face. Now I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Okay. Jeez. Jeez. Really, I am teasing. Okay, but I got born again at 33. All my past leading up to that, that had hindered me. All the sin, all the entanglement, all the destruction in my life, all the pain, all the resentment, all the bitterness, all the insecurity, gone. I had to learn how to walk into it, this new life. That's what I'm learning. But it's dealt with. But I'm learning how to appropriate that and walk with it. Amen. So you walk into victory from a place of victory. So I get all intense, but it's, it's a lie that we've been taught. Your past has been dealt with. And when you mess up, because you will, then just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I still want to embrace this new life that you put within me. Amen. It's quite simple. Okay. All right, so it's done. So now let's go to Luke 24. Can we do that? Sorry, we just forget the notes. It's better that way. <laughs> when he breathed on him, it literally means he received holy breath. 
They passed from an Old Testament to a New Testament salvation. That's exactly what they did. He imparted it to a new life, a new kind of life, eternal life. That's what that new life is, eternal life. I believe in my own heart where Paul said, um, I forget what's behind and I take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. I believe it's eternal life. I take hold of that, the eternal life and the fullness of eternal life. And everything, I'm learning to take hold of it. Amen. All right. So where did I say? Luke 24. All right, I want you to go over verse 36. So I'm taking a while, but I want you to understand this. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. So this is the same incident recorded by the Dr. Luke, as we've just read in John. The same incident. He adds a little bit more of what happened, but then he goes on to say, verse 40. And then, sorry, let's read. Then Then he said, Why are you doubled? Why do you look at my hands and my feet? It is I, touch me, I'm not a ghost. It doesn't have flesh and blood, etc. So when he had said this, he showed them his hands, his feet, and while they still do not believe, because of their joy and amazement, so I do you have something to eat? I'm always puzzled by that. In his resurrected body, he ate. I think, what happened to the food inside? I mean, but anyway, I don't know. <laughs> they gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he took it and ate it. Then he said to them, this is what I told you, while I was still with you, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses the prophet. Then he opened their minds. They got born again and revelation came. Oh! That's what happened. Oh, now I understand. Two and a half years ago, Jesus said this. That's what he meant. Oh, yes, when he said this, that's what he meant. Oh, that's what happened. Revelation came. He opened their minds because they got born again. They could understand spiritual things now. Before he kept saying, why are you slow to believe? Why are you? And all of a sudden, oh. It's like Steve wakes up and went, oh, Ken is better than me in golf. Okay, oh, yeah, all right. Something of that nature. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, so let's carry on reading. So you can see, that's what, how, many, how many of you experienced when you got born again? All of a sudden, oh, put your hand up. Yeah. Yes, look at the hands. So what happens? It's like, oh, yes. Yeah, God does actually love me. It's an amazing fact. All right. Let's carry on reading. Then he told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Your witness of these things. Then verse 49. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So what's the context? (sighs) Receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's amazing. Hang on, guys. As amazing as that is, what I'm calling you to do, you cannot do with just that revelation as good as you need it to be, because that gives you authority. But you need an enablement, you need power that is not of your own, it's from a Father in heaven. You need something that is supernatural that will come upon you, your natural body, and enable you to do what I'm calling you to do. So wait till you've received that. 
Amen. That's what he's saying. I'm just putting in my own words to it. Okay. All right. So I hope I'm not making it too. I really want you to catch this truth so you can teach others. Okay. Now let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day was taken. Verse 3, I'm going fast after his suffering. He showed himself to those men, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. We've just read about some of them. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. He spoke about the kingdom. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them his command, do not leave Jerusalem. Okay, we just read about part of that. But wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days he will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So then he met them and he asked them, they asked, Lord, at this time are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They still didn't quite understand everything. He said, it is not for you to know the times or dates, but you will receive power. You will receive dominance. You will receive the ability when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Not you will witness for me. You will just be my witnesses. Just be. And that will be a witness because of what I'm going to do to you. I don't have to make it happen. Hello, you with me? Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And then it carries on. So this is now what Jesus promised. It's a gift of the Father. You see, the Father has gifts for His children that Jesus won on the cross, and we became children of God. And He says, hang on, guys, my Father, who's my Father, He's saying, He has a gift for you. And it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. You received him when I blew into you. That will conform you to my image. That will conform you. That will give you authority to stand and say, I'm a child of God. But now you need power. So please put up the next slide there, Eloise, if you can. Thank you. Oh, I love that God with us. Okay, all right. Okay. So Resurrection Sunday, can you see that? It's not too small. You have the resurrected Christ. It's the in-breath breath of the Spirit. And we read John 20. John 1, 12 and 13 says this, to those who believed on him, to those who received him and believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God, born not of natural descent, nor of a man's decision, but born of God. That's what John 1, 12 and 13 says. The result is life, Zoe life, eternal life, and it's manifested in authority. How do I explain that authority? And the more of the revelation we get of that, the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, the more you'll stand in authority. That's why we need ongoing revelation of it. So I use this example. If um, I'm like this at Matt and Sheetle's house now, unfortunately. While they have, when my son comes to visit me, this is what he does. If I'm standing at the door, hello, Dad. What's to eat? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what gives them the authority to do that? Ah, you got it. And when you feel at home in a place, and you belong, that's what you do. 
but I won't do it in everybody's house. I do it in their house now because they have to ask me to do it. <laughs> and it's always full with great food. That hence this. Anyway, all right, okay. You're with me. So when you know you have that authority, that's what so you have to know, like you know that you're a child of God. Because then you can approach your father 24-7, any time you like, you can just approach him. And you know when you approach him, he has a table that's always laid with food. Always. It's never empty. Never. You have the authority to do that with a humble heart to come before you. You understand what I'm saying? It's so key, people. Now, Pentecost Sunday is the ascended Christ. It's the outpoured spirit. And we haven't done Acts 8 and 10 because that's where you see it happen again. The result is an equipping, a supernatural enabling. It's manifested in power to do what is called you to do. That's why we need the baptism of the Spirit. Now, the beauty about the baptism of the Spirit, it's not like the Spirit that you breathed into you, which is seals you inside the salvation. You understand what I'm saying? But because of pressures of life, we tend to leak. It's like the oil in the car. It gets a little stale. And so we need to come and get refreshed in God. In a sense, rebaptized or re filled with the Spirit again. You understand what I'm saying? Because you see it happen to disciples. Go to Acts chapter 4. You read Acts chapter 4. These same disciples, when they're released out of prison, they didn't say, Lord, keep us from prison. You know what they prayed? Give us boldness to declare your word. And the Bible says the building shook, and the Spirit of God came upon them again. And they went out with boldness and said, we can, can't help ourselves. We've got to tell what we've seen and heard. Simple, eh? Look, the Lamb of God takes away your sin. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and power. We have to walk in the fullness of both of those. Then we will go into and do all that is called us to do. Hallelujah. So I hope now nobody will ever convince you in any other way. They're two separate experiences. Sometimes they happen at the same time. Sometimes. Very seldom. But they're two separate experiences. And everywhere where you see, oh dear, I don't want to, oh, can I use this bowl over here? What is in this bowl? Okay. <laughs> Come out. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's a blast of my ear, but anyway. Uh, won't you come and hold this, please, one of you young ladies? Okay. So this is you and I. Sorry, it's a little cap, but I don't know what else to use. Okay. So when you got born again, the Spirit of God entered inside of you. But when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, just hold that over that. So I don't want this is what happens to you. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. Every single time it mentions the baptism of the Spirit, it's like this. Every, it's the super smearing on the natural. It's the super smearing on the natural. So, if, sorry, thank you. You didn't go. Thank you. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I need this back. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So, you have a natural ability to sing like this man. He has a natural ability to play an instrument. I don't have that ability. I was in another galaxy when that was handed out, okay? <laughs> but he has, but he had to practice it. 
because it's a natural ability. He developed it. He learned it. He was given to him. The day he was born on this earth, it was, it was in him. He just had to find it and learn it. So you have a natural ability to sing. Okay, some of you do, some of you don't, unfortunately, like me. Okay. <laughs> when the Spirit comes upon you, it comes upon your vocal cords or your hands as you play. And so when you play, the same sound's coming on, but it has a supernatural impact. That's what the baptism of the Spirit does. So I don't have to be any different. I don't have to change my voice. I don't have to speak louder or softer or, Thus saith the Lord. That's not going to help. <laughs> Just speak with your normal voice. And <laughs> tippy, tippy, tippy. Sorry. That's the naughty side of me. Sorry. <laughs> Just be you. Just be you in your personality, your way, the way God's wired you. I was speaking to somebody, Dave. Where's Dave? Dave and Aaron. He's wired that he loves things in order like this man. It's put things in order, and it's good. We need that because that facilitates the miraculous. Order facilitates the miraculous, people. There was chaos on the earth, and God said there to be order. That's why we need one another. Don't undermine if you have an ability to put things in order and an administration ability. We desperately need people like it facilitates the miraculous. That's what it does. You with me? And then God just comes and He endows you with spirit from on high. And He says, Now live your life, but when you do certain things, it's going to carry a dimension of who I am and have impact. That's what, simply what the baptism of the Spirit does. All right, let's end this. Is that okay? Please, so you understand. Publicly based, you can see that. So now you can, now you can, if you haven't received the baptism of the Spirit, or you feel a little dry, you feel like you're still living off five years ago, God wants to say, I want to refresh in you. Now you have a heart and a faith and a conviction God, this is biblical. I can ask you for this. Hallelujah. Amen. So how do you receive the baptism of the Spirit? By grace through faith. It's a gift. We don't earn it. We don't earn it. It's like salvation. You do not earn it. It's a gift from our Father. It's a gift. All right? Going through some steps to help. Okay. Or some steps of faith. Jesus said, to those who are thirsty, I'll give them something to drink. So when you're thirsty, you drink. So it's a process of drinking. You're active in drinking. Because you're thirsty. So it's a process of receiving. And we've got to learn how to receive. Unfortunately, in the Western world, we struggle to receive. And so if there's a negative attitude or a passive attitude, we won't receive. There has to be an expectant attitude. An attitude of, God, I can't make this happen. But yes, I'm expectant. I'm expecting, it's that attitude. You with me? Okay. We have to ask. The Bible says ask. Jesus said, if you, are earthly fathers, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Holy the Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask Him? How much more? All right, so we have to ask. And then there's sometimes any place where your emotions, there will be a reaction. It doesn't have to be. Please understand this, but don't look at the reaction 
But there is sometimes a reaction. People can cry. They can fall on the floor. They can shake. They can see a bright light. They can actually hear a voice. They can have some vision. These things can happen, but they don't necessarily have to happen. So if they do, it's not to worry about them, because sometimes that happens. But that doesn't, if that doesn't happen, it doesn't mean he hasn't baptized you with the Holy Spirit. Because it's not about feelings. But it affects our emotions. That's what it does. That's why people cry, or whatever the case is. All right. Scripture gives clear indications by these reactions caused by his overwhelming power of presence. It's all over church history. You can go and read it. And then finally, the Bible uses many words to describe the baptism of the Spirit. Behold, uh, Spirit coming upon you, receive the Holy Spirit, outpouring the Holy Spirit. I've got all the scriptures over here. Okay. How many of you go to Moody Bible College? Okay. I don't know if you've ever read D.L. Moody's story. Incredible man, that. Incredible man. He really was. What he did in Chicago and the orphans and what he did. But he had two elderly women that prayed for him. They were in their 80s. And he used to say, after he preached, these two women used to come to him and say, we're praying for you, Mr. Moody, we're praying for you. And he didn't understand. And he said, one day, I can't remember the exact story, but he received the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, it's like my heart melted. It's like liquid love came into me. It's like liquid fire came. And he go read it, his own autobiography. He said he stood up, he preached the same words, but the impact was vastly different. Moody. Smith Wigglesworth, a man that I read a lot about. He walked with the Lord for like 15 years, loved the Lord. But he said, Lord, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. Somebody went flew all over to a Sousa Street revival in 1906. They came back. They knew Smith Wigglesworth. They went to visit him, laid hands on him. And he said, this duminous power came upon me. He was never the same man again. We need the baptism of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Okay, I just gave you two simple examples. History is full of them. So if you hear this morning, and first of all, what is the time? Where's the clock? Sorry? Is that okay? If you hear this morning and you're saying, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, I want to have assurance of this. I need to know for certainty inside me that my sins have been taken away and I'm forgiven. I want to know for certainty that I'm a child of God. We would love to pray for you. We really would. Okay? But if you are this morning and you know that to be true, but you're saying, God, I need a fresh touch, or I've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I'm coming this morning and say, Lord, I'm available. I believe your word. I believe what your word is said. It is your gift, Father, to me, and I want to receive your gift. If that's you, we also want to pray for you. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us, anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.